think it was Tuesday. I don't like no Captain Kirk jokes. Too bad, you <laughs> die. You said it. At your service, bail. Ouch. I could use pants. I thought you were dead, you asshole. Hello, and welcome to Reset and Rewind, the video game movie podcast, where we chronologically discuss every video game movie ever. I'm Doug, and Lara, get the shark repellent. I'm here with Kevin. <laughs> and Paul. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> That's the sound of my two large guns going off in my hands. Yeah, pew is right. Pew to this movie. <laughs> uh, pew... To Lara Croft Tomb Raider, Cradle of Life, from the great year of 2003. A lot yeah. of good. When we, were going to war with the, when we were going to war with Iraq. Remember that and all those protests? Those were good times. Yeah. Don't knock those times. Oh. 2003 was oh, a that, great oh, year. All that great music, too. Mm-hmm. All that, those great Hulk movies. Oh, yeah. And those great Terminator movies that came out. Mm-hmm. I... I I joked about it off air, but during this year, Cradle of Filth did come out with an album. Cradle of Filth are actually one of the best contemporary darkwave bands in the world. Oh, I have it pulled up right here. <laughs> Is it just Where's Your Head At over and over and over again? No, it's Damnation in a Day, which is what it feels like for me watching this movie. Um, just Damnation. It just feels like Damnation. Can I just go over who's on this soundtrack? Yeah, A lot of these bands it. I've never heard of, but... P.O.D. is on here. Yeah. The song they don't have. It's not the boom song that hasn't shown up in a movie yet. Which I, I made that. Uh, I was just, I was waiting for that song to show up in one of these movies that hasn't yet. But we have in this film, Satellite by P.O.D. Um, we have a song by Saliva. Remember that band? Mm-hmm. Um, Great. We have, we have we have Moby. I don't mind Moby. Moby's not that bad. No. Um, Crystal Method. Yeah. Again. Uh, Third Strike. I remember a song by them. It's very much of the time. And not on the soundtrack, but at the end of the film, that really, really awful corn song, that I Did My Time song. Yeah. Yep. Oh, now, that song it. was bad. when it, I remember when that song came out and, like, people not liking it. I hated it. I don't really <laughs> like corn. Yeah. I have a little bit of nostalgia for corn. Like, I yeah. like... Follow the leader. They had some okay songs, but I was in fifth grade at the time. I was a stupid kid, and it was cool. But I have some nostalgia for some bad music. Yeah, yeah. Everybody does, I think. I just remember. Yeah, I just remember Corn being like really fun to listen to because it was so, like, I don't know, it was so loud. It just felt like a loud album. Now that I'm older, I'm like, oh god, it's too loud for me. Turn it down. Uh, exactly, a hundred percent. In the in, in the post nine eleven times, you just I just didn't want corn anymore. Like the nineties, the fun music of the nineties was over, and yeah, corn was done, and I just didn't want to hear them anymore. I don't know about <laughs> what you guys think. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, completely yeah. agree. Corn was done. No more corn. Mm-hmm. I still enjoy a good corn on the cob during the summer, though. But that's a, that's a second <laughs> no, question. I'm done with corn altogether. <laughs> I'm done. So, this movie came out in 2003, like Doug just said, and you know, 2000 when the game came out in 2003, there were already and let's go through them together: one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine Tomb Raider games. 
um, before uh, this movie, which means that you, since 1996, if you are a real Tomb Raider fan, were in the golden age of Tomb Raider, um, just ex- just absorbing two shit movies and nine <laughs> games of varying different varying different quality. And the game that came out directly before this movie was called Angel of Darkness, and it was horrid. Awful. I I remember, this was one of the very first video game controversies that I remember being kind of invested in, because I just was, I think at the time, like, kind of, sort of, working at a GameStop and, like, remembering this stuff, but... So the game came out and it was buggy as sin. There was some like weird corners that wouldn't appear or it would be like flattening or there would be like super jumps or like weird fucking weird stuff. And on top of that, it was super heavily criticized by everybody in the gaming media. And so it sold very, very poorly. In fact, it sold so poorly that there wasn't another Tomb Raider game for close to, I don't know, three or four years and they were just reboots or collections of old Tomb Raider games and it wasn't until 2008 five years later that the eighth that another installment came out in the line and it was kind of a soft reboot so this game sucked so bad that it kind of tanked the franchise and then the movie came out not too much long afterwards in fact it came out I think roughly about a month and a half after the game um it released in july of july 21st of 2003 the game came out in june 2003 so about a month later and a lot of people blame the film's lack of success on the game's lack of success but the film sucks on its own everybody it's bad it sucks um and you can't blame a bad game for a bad movie absolutely not no like Angel of Darkness was horrific, but yeah, I don't think I don't think the series was doing that well anyways at that point. Um, yeah, I, I I barely remember anything after the third Tomb Raider, so I, I didn't realize there was nine of them. Ah, ah, ah. Lucky that count, fucking like, you, man! Tiger Electronics <laughs> games or something. <laughs> fucking <laughs> games they have of that bullshit. Like that—that that means uh, a game came out, or two games must have come out in one year, which means when you bring a game out that fast, it's got to be high quality. Like it's, it's just real high quality, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. You know, if if you gave me a Tiger Electronics now and told me to play it for two hours, I'd much rather do that than watch this two-hour movie. I would agree <laughs> with that. This movie. Two hours. Yeah, I don't know why they needed to make it two hours. Like, just cut some of that bullshit out. Just so that you could get a lot of high-quality shots of Angela and Jolie's tits and ass. Like, it was that was 90% of this movie was just trying to, like, show her body this whole time. Her her nipples, they they purposely put her in outfits where her nipples would poke out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I noticed that, too. In multiple scenes. It must be... It must be the year because I think Attack of the Clones came out right around this. Mm-hmm. She had that too, and she um, Padme had it. That came out a year beforehand. That white, but, that white suit. Yeah, 
Yeah, that was in the desert. It feels like the same goddamn thing. I think this movie is about two hours too long. It should just be zero minutes long, um, <laughs> and then that's it. But, yeah. What a piss-poor quality movie, especially coming off of Resident Evil, which I thought was actually pretty good. Yeah. And now we're like, going to this, like a which movie. is just... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not like a, a two-hour Mountain Dew commercial. Yeah, like, <laughs> the extreme... <laughs> extreme skydiving and extreme jet skiing and extreme shooting targets on a horse sting. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody, let's just watch Gerard Butler stumble through a fucking sentence with these marbles in his mouth. <laughs> I can't understand a goddamn word that man's saying half the time. Now would that make me first? Can, can I, can I uh, admit something? I fucking hate Gerard Butler. I fucking hate him. I hate everything he's in. I hate it. There's this... This romance comedy he was in where he was dead. It made me just, you know, wish that he was dead instead. <laughs> P.S. I love you, right? Um, yeah. P.S. Yeah. I hate that movie. Yeah. Um, 300. Fucking hate that movie. Yeah, I remember I'm that movie fan was of that. huge when it came out. Yeah. It's yep. just an ugly piece of shit. It is with all Fuck the yellow. It. Yeah. Um, I think the only movie I liked him with in was... Uh, can't remember where he's like his family got murdered or something and he's um he's like avenging them or and, and killing people it was pretty good enjoyed that that was with uh i think jamie fox is in it too some movie that has some name oh my god thanks are, thanks buddy some movie with some name starring gerard butler <laughs> I the only people the know only, what it is. Fuck it. The only movie that I've ever really liked him in was um, How to Train Your Dragon. Um, he was great in all of those movies. But I just like movie? How to. Tra yeah, I like How to Train Your Dragon. Yeah, those are good. He, yeah, I think he plays like the the really strong buff dad. Oh, I was hoping he was just gonna play like something. He's gonna play one of the dragons. Just... <laughs> yeah. The dragons he does don't a Vin talk Diesel. <laughs> <laughs> just says Groot. Oh, Imagine yeah. he does like the, the George Clooney thing on, on South Park where George Clooney just did the voice of the dog. Yeah. And barked. And barked. That's it. <laughs> Love it. Oh. So. Yeah. I, it's just bad. This whole movie is, is terrible. Also, Gerard Butler's name in this looks like it's something straight out of a, uh, like a fucking, um, oh my God. Uh, Gerard Butler's name sounds like the grocery store person who's just yelling at the customer service counter for her money back. Um, his name is, is Terry Karen? Sheridan. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Terry Sheridan. Terry, yeah, his name is Terry Sheridan. He has the name of the two of the twins from The Simpsons, Terry and Sherry. You know the ones that bully Bart Simpson? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That first season? That's interesting. Terry, Terry Sheridan. I guarantee someone did that on purpose. They had to have. We're going to make you sing, Bart Simpson. Yeah, we're going to make you sing. <laughs> he, uh, I didn't even know his name in that movie. Does she call him Terry ever? Terry? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're, like, super in love. I need Terry. I need Terry Sheridan. You're not getting Terry Sheridan. He's a traitor and a, a, a terrorist. Like, a bullshit. Um, and then they show freaking Gerard Butler in a, in a cell trying to do pull-ups, and he looks like has these string bean arms um it's just he's doing like the the terminator 2 sarah connor thing working out in prison yeah 
Uh, Why does he get his own cell, by the way, when they're in Kazakhstan? He, everyone else is in like, they're in like, like a dog pound crates and he just has like his own room where he can do uh, work at, workouts on the ceiling. Because he's, he's so dangerous. Cool. Yeah, yeah dangerous. he's dangerous and cool. <laughs> Terry Sheridan robbed so many Topps grocery Terry. stores. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait to talk about his role in this movie because it's literally, it makes absolutely no sense to me. I, this whole plot makes no sense to me. Yeah. But his specific role makes zero fucking sense to me. So let's quickly talk about the plot. What was it? Like, does anybody know what <laughs> what was going on in this film? Um, I think they were going after a box. Uh, Wait, before we even talk about the plot, let's just talk about the opening scene. Oh my god! Where it's just like a Greek wedding, and then there's a earthquake, and then it flashes to the title sequence. Are why why the Greek wedding? What's going on with the Greek wedding? Yeah, what what was because they, they had to they had to get that. They had to get that crappy song in there, whoever that was. Oh my god, that was pretty bad, that was, Doug. I, I I was trying to figure out what that song was. Because <laughs> they were like, here, turn on this song. She whispers it, and he's like, yeah, hell yeah, that song. And then they play it, and it's some piece of shit that everybody's just like bouncing off the wall for. I don't even know what and the I, fucking song was. Like, I, I thought God hated the music so much he he started an earthquake. <laughs> I thought they were flashing to like the floor rumbling because they were jumping too much from the song. So I was like, oh, maybe that's what's causing this earthquake. And then they show a jumping giant... off the boat, <laughs> jumping off the boats, so and have to listen to it. Uh, like... Then they show these giant boulders falling. I was like, it's not this like puny white girl jumping. What? Was the purpose of that? Was it to get all those ruins into the water or something, so that they would go I, fishing for them later? Like they didn't I don't, really say. I don't think that's how. Like I, I don't think that's how like earthquakes work though, right? Yeah, like, they do. I, no, I mean they toss it, things it, like seven miles away, <laughs> <laughs> like it's a fucking volcanic eruption. I guess, but but so. So my thought process here is the earthquake happened and it somehow unearthed this like tomb of Alexandria. But I don't think that's how earthquakes work. Like when an earthquake happens, it doesn't like open up a piece of land. It's just like destroy shit. I don't I, it doesn't make any sense to me. Maybe I maybe I haven't taken I don't taken think my... you know enough about earthquakes. I guess not. <laughs> I got to really take a class. Every, I trust Steven. Like D'Souza every time know, there's so. an earthquake a new city pops up out of the ground. Have you noticed that? I haven't noticed that. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks for pointing that out. We'll list our sources in the in the episode <laughs> description so you guys can learn up on it, too. Oh, there's an earthquake. Here comes Atlantis. It's, it's back. <laughs> so, yeah, let's, let's start... Uh, let's talk about the beginning here. So, after that... She, throughout this movie, Laura Croft enters every fucking scene extremely dramatically in the most dumbly badass freaking entrance ever. Like in this, in this she one, be cool. yeah, like in the, in the beginning, she's coming on a jet ski. She does like some fucking flip. She, I, you know what? I was thinking that 
it, it reminded me of Fonzie jumping the shark, and I'm surprised she didn't like jump a shark there. <laughs> she punches yeah. punches the shark. She later. does punch a shark, which is absolutely stupid. But we'll talk about that in a little bit. That was, but this whole opening scene is so stupid uh, of her going in and everybody being like, "Wow, she's fucking badass." <laughs> <laughs> all of the guys and then one guy like the stereotypical guy had to be like oh i'm gonna roll my eyes i'm a little bit i don't think this is very cool but everybody else is like oh fuck yeah she's amazing <laughs> it's so stupid uh hate it so much yeah and all of the dudes are just like oh man i want to bone her so bad like yeah. they're all just like oh, we're gonna we're gonna really like boner and then this like very fat Greek man is just like, oh, they're my boys, my sons. Uh, my sons, they don't know what they're doing. And like, he's just like so fat and so out of shape. And she's like, she's like, we, we found, uh, we found Atlantis or, you know, the tomb of Alexandria. And he's like, well, the, my boys don't know what that is. They're not taught that. Who the fuck is taught about the tomb of Alexandria in any sort of class? Um, they're not stupid. Was that, they're just, was that the villain from Kazam, by the way? I am Kazam! Oh my god, we gotta make sure that it is. Um, I would love that, that guy? was the villain from Kazam. It may have been. I, I didn't check. I thought he was just I'm checking now. random dude. But I guess some random dude could have been the villain of Shazam. <laughs> oh, Kazam, not Shazam. Oh, right. Shazam's uh, the superhero there. Um. Captain Marvel. The guy, the guy from Kazam is the, the dude who eats all the uh, those eyeballs. Ah, that movie. I haven't seen that in so long. Same no, it's not. It's on Disney Plus. Really? It's I not. Watch yeah, it. it's not Duck. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, but so yeah. So, so then, she appears out of nowhere, talks to the fat Greek guy. They figure out to go underneath the water well, with some weird currents. Real quick. Before they go underwater, she meant to, she mentions that this is the greatest find since the pyramids. And I just want to look at that line real quick. The pyramids didn't need to be found. They were fucking <laughs> there. The, the fuck, they're just always there. They're next to an Egyptian city that people live in. It's not like someone's like, oh, where the fuck pyramids? The pyramids <laughs> are right fucking there. <laughs> they didn't need to be found. This isn't the greatest find since the fucking pyramids. Ah, that just annoyed the crap out of me. I don't know why, but ah, stupid. Yeah, and also I, I, I just want to say, like I'm pretty sure Pompeii was found before the pyramids were, right? Like, I, not that the pyramids. I don't know. They did just. They did find. I think what she's trying to refer to here is like they found stuff in like the 1920s and that's why the egyptian craze happened they found like king that, tut's tomb and yeah, things that's like that not the fucking pyramids that's the that's the <laughs> valley of the kings which is like in like a crevice somewhere that's really hard to find the, these are fucking pyramids that you can see in the distance for miles <laughs> where are they i can't see them <laughs> oh, I, I don't know, know. i don't what know why dumb. that bugged me so much <laughs> and then they they so they swim underwater in these like james cameron motherfucking things i fucking love um, those things actually those are the one good thing about this movie is those underwater little jet skis i would love to have one of those things 
But how does like, how do the two Brock Lesnar looking guys like know how to pilot those goddamn like submarine things? How do they? How are they able to get underwater and do it? Like Laura Croft is apparently like has an IQ of bajillion um, and is able to like do absolutely anything. But how are these two like Tweedledum and Tweedledee fucks able to do it? Doesn't make any sense to me. And then they get underwater and then immediately, without any gloves, are just like licking all the gold that <laughs> is from like negative one million BC where Alexander the Great was. There's got to be some sort of plague or disease on those, that gold there. <laughs> um, and they're just kissing it and like rubbing it on their bodies. Laura Croft even like dry humps like a, like a, a wire in order to get to the ball. Yeah. And then shortly after this, there's like she sees a beam of light and then comes her catchphrase her new catchphrase of this stupid fucking movie which it just so happens to be the same catchphrase as the seagulls from fucking finding nemo she goes it's mine <laughs> like, <laughs> like someone goes laura what is that and she goes it's mine like <laughs> <laughs> and she says this later on, too. This isn't the only time she says it. So compare her to Indiana Jones. We've done that in the past, even though we probably shouldn't. But they're similar sure. Tomb Raider people. His is, it belongs in a museum. Like, that's that's kind of a nice phrase. Hers is, it's, it's mine. <laughs> <laughs> she has the same uh, catchphrase as any six-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> what a freaking yeah. bitch. Ah, I, I hate her character so much. Am I six? Is she six? <laughs> <laughs> oh. But yeah, uh, and, that annoyed the crap out of me. And then I, I think the greatest trope of the nineteen of the two thousands is the Orient villain, right? The villain from the Orient. Right. It's either like an Asian person or a Middle Eastern person who is the villain. And in this case, somehow it's both. And in this scenario, out from the water comes these like three Asian guys who then destroy everything and just blow up the whole fucking temple, which Indiana Jones would have definitely cried about yes. at least once. But she doesn't give two shits over. So the... Uh... The, the Greek men that she that she's with, they're like Laura. Let's go. Like this place is gonna collapse. And she's like, No, 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 no. I have to put the ball. I have to get this ball thing. Like, no, no, no. We're gonna die. And they end up dying and getting their throat slit. If they just left when, if she was just you know went along with them and left when they wanted to, everyone would have been fine. But no, she had to be selfish and go after her treasure. It's because that's there her are character. Selfish. Yeah, there are multiple. So she gets these men killed, and she just doesn't care. She doesn't feel any guilt, like, oh, like, if it weren't for me, they'd still be alive. She's like, nope, she just, we just forget about these expendable uh, natives of whatever country she visits. Well, and, and she, then she yells about it later on uh, at, at one of the um, Asian villains that she's, like, fighting. Um, she, she yells at them and is like, my men died. Like... <laughs> You let them die, you stupid bitch. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't care. Also, she, like, has this, like, pride that lasts throughout the whole movie that never, like, falters. She's, like, so proud of all of the things that she does. And every single action that she does is, like, righteous. 
it's fucking stupid. It is so stupid. And it makes her just an uninteresting character the whole time. I completely agree. Her character is just so bad. I can't stand it. I just want her to have one flaw. There's she just has no flaws whatsoever. Same thing with the first film. Being a she knows yeah. pretty much everything. Yeah. She knows every language. She knows how to speak Mandarin. She knows how to speak Swahili. Even though she I, is, she does have uh, the uh, the guy from Guardians of the Galaxy. He, yeah, he's he's translating. Yeah, she uh, she speaks Swahili, but she has a funny accent. So yeah, I guess that's why she doesn't chooses not to speak Swahili. Yeah, she also if she has any faults, it's that she's too good, right? Yeah, like that's her like big fault. She's like too good at doing all these different things, and so she like ignores the basic the basic shit like. I don't know. There are so I there's so many points in this movie where I could point where I could say like why didn't she just do X Y or Z right? She has this giant acrobatic thing to get on top of <laughs> the, the Chinese like building. Oh, yeah. But there are so many other easier ways in which she could have done the same exact thing instead of pulling a Jurassic Park two <laughs> and like hopping up these things. She does this early on too. So um, when she's going to get like the, the orb thing, she does like, yeah. there's, there's like two poles that she could easily and more quickly just crawl across but instead she does like a slow somersault over it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just ridiculous. It didn't even look like attractive either. It wasn't a, an attractive move like all these other moves are supposed to be. That this was just like a stupid looking fucking somersault. Uh, or, she took but... lessons from Shao Kahn from Mortal Kombat. <laughs> <laughs> she also does the same fucking thing with all of the the ceramic statues that are like million dollar statues f- from I don't know when some ancient Chinese dynasty. And instead of, instead of like hiding or leaving the place or like, she obviously doesn't care about artifacts, right? No. Um, but instead of hiding or leaving the place, she decides to run on top of these hundred of thousand of year old things and just like hop on them like they're turtle shells and or like swing at them or use ancient like daggers or stuff like that it's so stupid there's so many other easier ways in which she could accomplish her goal but she's too smart so she does the most ridiculous thing it's 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 obviously pretty dumb it's a poor writing choice yeah let's let's talk about some ridiculous things she does like punching the shark early on. <laughs> that was the, the... Go ahead. We got to back up the though. shark and then grabs onto the shark's fin and goes for a <laughs> ride with the shark. So, I just want to she... mention how fucking stupid this was because for one, she's holding her breath and she's holding yeah. she's she's only doing this whole crazy stupid charade of of punching the shark so she can swim upward quickly but she takes about 15 seconds to fucking punch this shark to begin with because it circles her and then it attacks her and then she punches it and then she rides it but she rides it for two seconds yeah two fucking seconds she could have easily just swam upward and got out of there in the 15 seconds that she wasted punching a shark in the face poor fucking shark 
not only that, but like let's back up like three seconds, three scenes earlier. She gets shot in the arm or in the leg or someplace where she's bleeding. And then in order to further attract the shark, <laughs> she takes her knife and cuts her hand. So now she just has two like lines of blood that attracts the shark. What is an extra little cut going to do? One cut's going to do the same amount. Why is she cutting her hand like that? And then she grabs a hold of the shark, punches it, grabs a hold of the shark, and then swims up. And the shark is just like, oh, I'm just going to leave her. The shark would definitely <laughs> turn around and It'll bite her ass. Her. Yeah. I, it's so, so unreal. <laughs> no, he just. <laughs> no, he just he she tamed him by punching him in the face, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it it like groans and whimpers like an injured dog too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm not a biologist, but a marine biologist, but I sharks. I'm pretty sure don't have any organs that make them capable of making any sounds. Why would they? <laughs> plus, plus it's underwater, so you wouldn't hear. A sound. Because when she punches the shark, the shark is like, oh. And what is she? Stupid. She's got to be Thor in order to punch a shark that well. Because that's like, she's deep underwater. The amount of like pressure at her level to lean back and then punch a shark. She's got to be Thor. She's super strong, obviously. What would have made it better is if the shark, like, attacked her, and then she punched the shark, and she just had, like, a gaping hole in her body. Then she would have been a little bit cooler of a character from there, but no, yeah. she's got to do this badass, like, I can take on a fucking shark. Ugh, I hate I hate her overly oh. done special abilities of being good at every fucking thing. Who's good Is at she... punching sharks? Come on. She also... I. I don't know. This was the perfect like video game trope, though. I would see, I would definitely see this in a video game, like Laura Croft punching a shark underwater, and it'd be like, "Oh, that's a video no. game. That's fine." If you've never but... played Tomb Raider, you go up against a shark, you're fucked. In Tomb Raider, it eats your face. You're gone. She does not punch <laughs> sharks. You can barely. You get a harpoon gun, and you can barely shoot the fucking harpoon gun at the damn thing. No, she's not punching sharks. <laughs> oh and then after she punches the shark and breaches the water then she just finds like a broken piece of the boat that was obviously destroyed and then floats on it for three days and looks (laughs) perfectly fine just looks just like she just walked the runway she's not suntanned she's not burnt She's still in her outfit. She doesn't look anywhere at all, like, traumatized. She's just sitting there and, like, you know, Ben Mendelsohn knockoff and Hillary, the butler, come over and walk over to her like, oh, and she's been out here for three days. She's just a little delirious. Um, how the fuck is that possible? Ugh. Also, yeah. when, when, these, when the ship emerges from underwater, the music... It just swells like it's like it's like just a ship like emerging in like it's like it's not that special, guys. Like calm down, music score. Yeah, so so Tweedledum and Tweedledumber are back in this movie. Hillary and the the nerdy guy, whatever his name is. Yeah, Locke from Game of Thrones. Hate that guy. He looks like. 
Director Krennic from Rogue One, he looks just like a younger version of Krennic. And I just want him to say, you stand upon my achievements. Like, I just want him to do like a Director Krennic, Krennic <laughs> quote um, in some fucking way. He does look like him. I, that's true. Yeah. I Every time I see him, it's like, oh, it's knockoff Director Krennic. So then they introduce the bad guy um, who is another guy from an HBO show. Just like he's from the, Game of Thrones. No, this guy. Yeah, he's Mance Raider. Oh, he is the, Mance Raider. Yes, the, the king beyond the wall. Oh That's my him. God, he is Mance Raider. I I wrote him down as Julius Caesar from Rome, and he is that. Yes, I just forgot. Oh, yeah. Huh. yeah, he's he's also Julius Caesar from Rome, and he was really good in that. But yeah, I forgot he's Mance Raider too. I think he's also Dumbledore's brother from the Harry Potter films. Really? That I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. I believe so. Yeah. He's uh, he's not bad. Honestly, he's better than whatever the hell his name is. Sir the hell I think Jorah Mormont. Jorah. His character, yeah, Sir Jorah, Jorah. Yeah. Can't remember who you, that guy was. You think he's not bad he's, in this movie, right? You saying oh, he's not bad in this movie? No, he's he's bad in this movie. Like Oh, he's terrible in this, in this movie. movie. I was going to say. <laughs> he starts off, he's like, "I am evil. <laughs> I'm going to poison this fat guy with Ebola." Wine. Ebola <laughs> like <laughs> bad. First of all, Ebola isn't even the deadliest virus. Rabies is the I looked this up because I had to know. I I I, I fact-checked this stupid movie. <laughs> I don't know why. But Ebola is not the the world's deadliest virus it's fucking rabies it would have been cooler if he gave them rabies rabies has a hundred percent fatality rate (laughs) and it would have been cool because he would have foamed at the mouth gone crazy and then died (laughs) also i just i i want to name anything ebola wine that's the best name for anything (laughs) ebola wine (laughs) great job doug as usual um ebola wine yeah, I don't understand his I don't understand his goal in this movie whatsoever. It's to obtain Okay, so what he's going to do is he's ransoming a hundred million dollars from all of these people, which I, I looked and there's roughly around eight people in there. So he's gonna get eight hundred million dollars to get the most deadly disease. He's that's not even like that's not even Jeff Bezos money. That Jeff Bezos would like laugh at that money. It's not even a yeah. billion dollars. <laughs> so he's gonna get like a co- like a tenth of Jeff Bezos money, um, in order to get the world's most deadly virus, and then do what with it? He's going to sell it to them, and then they're going to open it, and then he and then everybody's gonna die, including him. But he thinks he's gonna create some sort of like anti serum. But he never talks about creating an anti-serum. I don't understand what he wants to have accomplished with this thing. I don't either. His motivations make no sense. We also, we never see those people on the plane again. No. no. Same thing with those people from that Greek party. They, they just disappear. There's no yeah, point. Yeah, they got crushed by all those boulders. They just <laughs> got crushed immediately. Those people all died from the Ebola wine. That's what it was. I, as an aside... <laughs> I really wish that they would have played "Where's Your Head At" at that party. I, I, that, I really, I thought it would have been great. That. Yes, oh, there, there is a guy who gets his head bitten off later. We'll oh talk, yeah, we'll get to that. But they oh, should have played the song. Oh, that that would have been great. <laughs> oh. 
Oh, you need that song in all there's these terrible your head at, I don't know where my head is. <laughs> um, Got eaten by this stupid-looking monster. Oh. Yeah, that fucking, those monsters. Yeah, yeah there, there are monsters in this film. Yeah, yeah. whatever the fuck they are. And, and they look like they are pulled straight out of Wing Commander. They are real bad. <laughs> yeah. It kind of does the same thing as Wing Commander. Where Wing Commander, you know, it's it's a fictional, you know, futuristic movie. But all of a sudden, there's there are aliens. Like this movie, it's kind of like this James Bondish action film. And all of a sudden, they're like these monsters, like that just appear at the end of the film. Yeah, I, I, I don't like get end of the third act. Which are the, don't even the visions based on movement fucking trope again. Don't move. Their visions based on movement. All right, fucking Alan Grant. <laughs> like, back it the hell off. Um, so it's, then... These movies do best is rip others off. So then exactly. they um, introduce Gerard Butler. Now, would that make me Faust? Oh, who Terry Sheridan. Is... <laughs> Terry Sheridan. Gerard, Gerard Butthole. <laughs> who is... <laughs> Not great in this movie, as with everybody else, but I, I think we might have mentioned it before, but what is Terry Sheridan's point in this movie? What does he actually do? He gets he gets them captured at one point, and apparently that was all part of the plan. He's like, this is the only way you get to see them, is if we get captured, which was probably so, the dumbest thing I've ever heard. So... I don't know is what I will say to that. They're going to this to Chen Lo, which is the the main villain. They're going to, to the the main Asian villain. They're going to Chen Lo's hideout in the middle of like China somewhere, and only Gerard Butler knows where the location is. And so he is broken out of prison. And given amnesty and $3 million in order to help Laura find this place so that she can get the Pandora box emblem or whatever the fuck it is. And stop Pandora's box from being open. So her goal, his his job is just honestly to be the Sherpa to Laura's Laura Croft. That's it. Um, but it doesn't make any sense to me. She gets them into China via a halo drop, which is crazy, one. She gets them into China straight out of a halo drop. Then she somehow has a contact for this old Asian lady who is in the most remote part of China, who knows how to repair Eastern European motorcycles. What the fuck? Um, And then... They end up riding motorcycles on the Great Wall of China to get to the middle of China to find these terracotta soldiers <laughs> on some, like, mountaintop. This is not a fucking lie. I'm not doing Mad Libs. No. That's all the plot of the movie so far. <laughs> it makes absolutely no fucking sense. <laughs> yeah, speaking of Mad Libs, I, I'm guessing this movie was made just with a Mad Libs. <laughs> Someone put that together. Oh, this this sounds good. Let's put it put it out. Um, <laughs> but one of the worst things is the relationship that she has with these male characters. Uh, like if if you keep following the parallels of 
this in Indiana Jones, like Indiana Jones has a different girl every movie, just like Laura Croft has a different guy in both of these movies. And Indiana Jones, like, falls in love with these characters and, like, saves them and all this stuff. Laura Croft does the complete fucking opposite to both of these people, pretty much. It Throughout the movie, she seems to hate these people more and more throughout it. Like, push them away and pretty much say, I fucking don't need this person. And then she pretty much kills them off at the end. Almost every time. Yeah. <laughs> it's a yeah. complete flip. Like, there, it, it's not a real love interest. It's like there's no point to the relationship it doesn't grow her character at all like indiana jones those characters seem to almost grow his character a little bit uh like the female leads in those movies but yeah. in in this this actually makes her character a little bit worse i feel like her relationships just make her look kind of like a shitty person because they're, they're, the guy, keep, uh, Gerard Butler, keeps saying, oh, I loved you very much. What did you think of me? And she's pretty much like, meh. <laughs> I didn't really <laughs> like you that much. <laughs> I always thought you had a small cock. <laughs> Is that what she, she did say that at one point? Oh. No, I wish. <laughs> I wouldn't yeah. doubt it. She she also has It would have made this movie better if she said that. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I fucking agree, Doug. <laughs> Just give her one funny line. Yeah. Is it that hard? Just give her something to say that's memorable or funny or just anything. You can tell. I will give you her one point of credit. You can tell Angelina Jolie is having a little bit more fun in this role this time. Like, she's actually kind of, like, happy and excited. The first one, she was not having any sort of fun. And that's probably because they fucking padded her breasts so that she looked like she was, like... (laughs) massively endowed but in this she's just like is a normal angelina jolie and i think she's fine but i i mean and she acts a a hell of a lot better in this movie than she does in the last one but it's still pretty terrible and also to kevin's point she's even more of a shitty person because if any of you have watched the first laura croft she sacrifices everything in order to save daniel craig's character and then in this movie where the fuck is daniel craig she like (laughs) sacrifices the entire world in order to save him and like reverse time in order to make sure he doesn't get shot because she loves him so much and then in this movie they don't mention his fucking name like what the hell it it makes no sense i thought they were at least going to say like oh, Alex died of brain cancer or something like that, or, you know, I don't know what, but no, he's, like, still kicking, and she just dumped him he to the side. Dating a, uh, a football, he started dating a football player from UCLA. Probably <laughs> kid, too. That's how they got rid of uh, Elizabeth Shue's character in Karate Oh, Kid really? I... Yeah, the beginning, they were just like, oh, how was prom, Daniel? And he's just like, oh, uh, she, she, starts, she started dating some guy from UCLA, and then we broke up. So that was their way of getting her out of the movie. Yeah, that that would have been what better. The they should have that should have happened in this movie. <laughs> um, no, but Laura Croft goes to prom. Come back for the film. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, even in the first one, she seemed to not really have much chemistry with Daniel Craig. I, I felt like 
and yeah, she does yeah. give the world to him, but it's like they try to make her character as self-sufficient as possible and yeah. push as many people away as she can because she's too perfect for anybody. And it's just it it's it makes her look terrible and it makes her relationships do almost nothing for her character. Um unlike most movies with relationships that actually build the character. Yeah. I I maybe she's just a sociopath. Th- that like that she... would make a lot of sense. A lot of sense. Yeah. Like I don't she's also like I, I don't I don't know. Very paranoid. Throughout this whole movie, she's extremely paranoid of Gerard Butler's actions. Um, and I get it. He's like a sneaky fucking bastard throughout the whole time, and you can't understand a goddamn word he's saying. Now, would that make me first? Um, and his name is but... Terry. Come on. Terry Sheridan. <laughs> I'm paranoid that Gerard Butler's going to be in more movies. <laughs> yeah, he, he is, Doug, so get ready. Wait, he's in more of these movies that we're going to talk about? I think he's in no, one more, more movies in general. Yeah, he's in a lot more movies in general. He, uh, Terry Sheridan, obviously, is the just the scourge of all customer service counters because that name sounds like a middle-aged white woman who's just on a path <laughs> to complain about something but I, she's so paranoid laura croft throughout this whole movie just paranoid all the time she's afraid of like what he's gonna say or do she like handcuffs him at one point she's paranoid over absolutely everything they're in that one mall which is a, a science like laboratory in a Bonton mall exit. <laughs> um, they put a laboratory in there. She's paranoid throughout that whole time. It makes absolutely no sense. Uh, she's paranoid. I want to everywhere. say one. Uh, I want to say one positive thing about this okay. film in the mall scene. There was one scene that kind of made me smile a little bit. Kind of made me chuckle. When the, when the villain, uh, when Mance Raider and his goons are on the elevator, there's this little kid who just presses every... You know how like little kids press every button and yeah, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. the elevator sort of stops on every floor? A little, the little kid does that and it like, stops on every floor and uh, Mance Raider just like rolls his eyes and looks at the goons and the goons all look really pissed off at, at this kid. That was actually a pretty funny... Yeah, that was pretty good. Well, yeah. I don't... Other than that, there's nothing. That was the one good joke. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't understand though. Like... Is this like a, is is this like a like a hidden in plain sight sort of like <laughs> evil villains lair because they chose like uh, they chose like a shitty portion of the mall to set up their giant hidden scientists lair? It makes no sense to me. Uh, honestly, you had mentioned Bonton earlier. I wish it wasn't a Bonton. It just <laughs> in Bonton on there. <laughs> But yeah, no, I I don't understand it either. Like, why would you do this? Why would you put it in plain sight? But maybe that's their shtick. Maybe the guy's a noble laureate. Like he's a not a noble laureate, but he's a Nobel Peace Prize winner. He's got to have enough funding and got to have enough money that he can buy like a house removed or someplace removed from the mall. He's he bought like a a cheap section of the mall in order to have his (laughs) evil scientist lair. 
Uh-huh. So, like right next door, there's a hot topic. <laughs> a Spencer's definitely a Spencer's is Spencer's. right next door. Why KB toys? <laughs> they come out of there with masks on. <laughs> um. So there is uh, the next. The next part is them like coming down on the helicopter, right? And them trying to like escape, or is that way far after this? mall part what, what what do you mean like they're them coming down oh yeah they come down on the helicopter and and she rides down on like a, a chicken and or something <laughs> <laughs> and, and attacks the helicopter i just want to talk about that scene real quick because <laughs> she doesn't fucking listen to this guy and i'm fine with her like being devil may care or whatever but at the same time what she is doing is not only reckless it's stupid like he he's reloading his fucking gun to help her and if she didn't ride down early on this chicken to attack the the helicopter they would have stopped the helicopter because he would have actually loaded his gun. He's like, wait for me to give the signal. And she's like, fuck you. I'm just going to ride down on this thing. And it did absolutely nothing. They nothing. took off. Yeah. She, I don't even think she killed anybody. She's just shooting there, shooting with her fucking giant freaking pistols at things. And it doesn't do anything. No. I, it's, I agree. It, it annoyed the crap out of me. And she's riding on this metal chicken whatever the fuck the thing is and it's going like a half a mile an hour it's not even fast enough to even go it's not cool looking she's like it's so slow it's like she's riding a child's ride down into this fucking (laughs) helicopter it uh, i hated that scene so much and then she pole vaults later to do some sort of bullshit. <laughs> oh my god! The pole tracking like device helicopter. onto the she helicopter. She should be in the Olympics. Like, <laughs> yeah, she's she's like this excellent <laughs> swimmer, this excellent pole vaulter. Just like you're in the wrong profession, lady. Yeah, yeah, and and then she's like, after she's laying there, and Gerard Butler comes over to him, go goes over to her, and he's like, "Why did you do all that?" And she's like, "I put the tracking device on there." And why do yeah. you think I would have pole vaulted? I, I I wouldn't have pole vaulted for no reason. Yeah, you probably <laughs> fucking would have. You somersault across <laughs> fucking things for no fucking reason. You probably would be pole vaulting instead of walking somewhere. You you fucking take a uh, a parachute down into a jeep unnecessarily. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's not even let's not even talk about the fact that. The tracking device that she puts on the helicopter, that helicopter must be driven by Sonic the fucking Hedgehog. Because that <laughs> helicopter goes from the middle of China to Hong Kong in like three fucking seconds. It's just I like, boom, that. boom. She's like, she's like, look at what I did. And then they show the map and all of a sudden the helicopter's here and it's just poof, all the way down to the southern end of China in, in like seconds. Yeah, and, and you know it's seconds because... Even if they did a cut there, let's say they did a cut, she was still like laying on the ground, taking a breather. So unless she's taking like a three-hour breather, laying <laughs> on the ground there, it must have been like five seconds. And and knowing yeah. that she has the abilities of fucking Spider-Man, 
she she doesn't need a breather for three hours. So no, there's there's no way that fucking went to Hong Kong that fast. It it was stupid, and it's a that tracking device isn't very helpful. It pretty much showed the in, that that dot was on the entire city of Hong Kong. So it's somewhere <laughs> in Hong Kong. <laughs> fucking takes over Hong Kong. Where did it go? One of uh, the thousands of fucking buildings. Uh, I just, I, I, it makes no sense to me. Most of this movie makes no sense to me, but it's like the pole vaulting parts, the giant thing where she's like swinging on the ladder like it's out of something, uh, out of Jurassic Park 2. The swimming scene, the, the hang gliding and paragliding and uh, of goddamn riding a motorcycle on the Great Wall of China scene. Um, the he- halo drops th- makes no sense. The MC Etcher walking on top of a wall scene that makes no <laughs> sense to me too. I, what the fuck you know what is going me on? Off? When she's like on the Great Wall of China, China on her motorcycle, she just pops a wheelie for no reason. It's just like, yeah. who are you trying to impress? There's like no one around. Yeah. yeah. Her goddamn self, because she's so goddamn insecure, obviously. I don't know. I'm pretty sure at some point they're riding on the Great Wall of China, and then they suddenly just transition to the road, and they didn't even get off the Wall of China. They were just freaking driving, and the Wall of China's in the distance. Uh, With completely different trees. Completely yeah. <laughs> different trees. The uh, the Great Wall of China. I don't. It, even if you're like not a tree expert, which I'm not, but even <laughs> if you don't know anything about trees, you know that the type of trees that Gerard Butler and Angelina Jolie are driving through are not located in fucking China. That looks <laughs> like something straight out of Germany. And come to find out, that scene was filmed in Germany. Oh, so was it really? just Yeah, it's right out of Germany. Um, it's so stupid. So she's on the Great Wall of China, and Gerard uh, Butthole is just like not on the Great Wall of China. It's like it's too much for him. He's like, no, yeah. no, I'm not doing that. And then they also, talk there, like, to people... each other. <laughs> exactly. I'm just aren't there people ask on you. the Great Wall of China like yes. constantly? Are there constantly tourists? Yes, there's tourists. There's like on the... no one there. No. Yeah, it made no sense at all. And they're talking to each other. They get off of these loud bike. They get on these loud bikes on the Great Wall of China. They hop down. They're going like seventy miles an hour, and then they get right next to each other and talk to each other like they're at a library. They like whisper loud <laughs> to one another next to each other, and they're like, "Well, Laura, you really got us into a pickle this time." And yo, I'm great. I'm doing a great job. And then they're just whispering, and then they keep driving. So stupid. <laughs> There's just a little bit of ASMR there for <laughs> one second. <laughs> oh, they all, she also almost kills an old Chinese man in one scene. When she's on that, like, X-Wing thing, when she's, like, landing in China, <laughs> there's this just old Chinese guy in a, with, his, with, like, a rice paddy hat just fishing. Mm. And she yeah. just cra- she comes within, like, feet of crashing into his boat. And I don't know if she, like, knocked his boat over. If he doesn't know how to swim, he's fucking dead. She, she doesn't care. She's she like, oh, shit. She's probably yeah. caused so many, like, I wonder how many hit and runs she's caused in her life. Yeah, she gives literally no fucks until the end of the film, which her, the transition of her character just makes absolutely no sense. She has, like, a 
complete change of heart from her actual character. Um, and it becomes fucking Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom, and she's given back the fucking stone to the <laughs> yeah, yeah, to, to the guy. I I felt like that with with uh, the ending. But do we want to start talking about that? The ending scenes or the scenes leading up to the ending, or do you guys have some scenes before then that you want to talk about? Well, when they start describing Pandora's box, it's when the MI6 comes in, mm. which I just kept, when I heard their name, I just kept thinking of like MI6? Question mark. <laughs> I just kept thinking that that's just how my brain works sometimes. But that's neither here nor there. Um, so when she meets with these guys, she they, she's like something about Pandora's box, and the guy's like, Pandora's box? You mean the box that you open up and then the blah 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 blah? And she's like, oh that too. And also with Pandora's box, blah 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 back in blah blah blah, they just kind of give all this just exposition that just, it's just uh, so forced. Oh, uh, I fully agree, Doug. Explain I, to the audience what, what Pandora's box is if they didn't know. Yeah, come on people. Yeah. And they do all that but like the scene before she's like sparring with um really cranky butler and uh like knockoff director krennic is typing on a computer and she's (laughs) sparring with cranky butler and throws her like whatever stick at the wall and hits greek history right that fucking book what aim that lady is a god She's a god. She throws like <laughs> she a broken stick. She really should. The aim that she has with that, even like knockoff director Krennic is so excited by that. He barely well, shows emotions throughout the whole movie, and he was excited over that. She already did that a little bit earlier with um, the Asian bad guy there. Uh, she took the... She like broke a stick in half and then tossed two sticks at the guy and they stuck through his arms <laughs> oh my god so painful too and he's like, like they his... <laughs> oh, so so that so that arms dealer guy oh that was funny when he's just like hanging on the wall it's like the uh it's like that knight in um robin hood men in tights yeah you've yeah. seen the last of us <laughs> <laughs> the last of us <laughs> <laughs> well the other uh funny thing about that is at first i'm like did he even get hit like it looked like it just hit his shirt on the side and yeah, he, yeah and he scream sure. he does this wilhelm scream <laughs> <laughs> like he's dying but he, he must have just and then got later he pulls there, him, there's a little blood he or pulls himself out and there's like blood yeah. pouring from his like armpits yeah, oh God, it's like that. yeah, yeah. It, it pinched his armpits or something. <laughs> it was, but yeah, her freaking stick throwing skills—they might as well be Just knives. Insane. Fucking stick in yeah. everything. You know the amount of force so, you have to throw for a stick to go into someone. Jesus. Probably the amount of force you have to use to punch a shark deep down in the <laughs> bottom of the ocean. Fucking hell. Oh, she pretended true. that the sides of his body were uh, Greek textbooks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
the yeah, so that yeah. that Chinese arms dealer, we have like this what could have been an interesting subplot where um, Mance Raider threatens to like kill his family if yeah. he doesn't um, deliver him the uh, the Dragon Ball. But um, <laughs> and he's like, so we know he has kids. It doesn't it doesn't look like the Dragon Ball a little bit. Yeah, it totally does. It doesn't. It totally does. I didn't make the connection until right I now, did. but it's yeah. a great connection. That's uh-huh. right. so. Give me the Dragon so, Ball. Um, so we know that this guy has a family. So you think like, oh, maybe he'll make some kind of turn at some point in the movie. Maybe he'll switch sides. Nope, Laura kills him. Yep. So yeah. those kids don't have a father anymore. Yeah, and he... Thanks, and, Laura. And also, he... It makes no sense because he's trying to save his family, seemingly. And then Laura lets him go. And he takes a fucking pot shot at her. <laughs> misses and then she shoots him and kills him it's like dude you you sacrificed your entire family because you had to take a pot shot at someone you really didn't really care about killing you're almost forced to attack in the first place it made no fucking sense at all nor could you possibly kill because everything up until this point has proved she's fucking superhuman. He watched her hop on top of terracotta statues like they were goddamn gumdrops. She just like <laughs> was like Spider-Man on top of terracotta statues. I would have just like dropped every weapon I had and just walked away at that moment. She's fucking a god. So why even take a pot shot at her? There's no way you could have won. Yeah, and bullets just bend around her anyway so it's not even gonna every do single that moment at, yeah like like they were <laughs> at one time uh, i hated this like slow motion they did it was really weird oh that like that fr- that low frame rate oh. slow mode they, they do it so often this movie <laughs> yeah they do and, it in that almost sex scene too oh yeah they do it when like oh, the, yeah. the underwater palace is collapsing yeah they do but it so, the so worst often. and most noticeable part in my opinion was when they were rappelling down after they killed that one bad guy, or after she killed the the pot shotter, they're rappelling down and two guys fall, and it's like they are falling in slow motion. It was like the weirdest looking <laughs> thing I've ever seen. They were falling in slow motion and they were rappelling down at a slightly slower speed it, it was it, it like oh, confused yeah. my eyes totally and also these fucking guys with machine guns are shooting down at both of them they're not like moving left or right they're just rappelling downward straight straight and these fucking, fucking guys down. with with machine guns are like fanning and only shooting three bullets at a time for some reason like it's a fucking pulse rifle or something and they they miss how the also, fuck do you miss? They're straight down. You have a machine draw. gun. Terry Sheridan, the scourge of customer service, and <laughs> Laura Croft are propelling down with no gloves on either with these fucking ropes. How oh are their hands God. not burnt to death? How are they not raw as fuck? And then they stop on a dime as they're propelling down, and they're perfectly fine. Nothing's wrong with them. It, it, just Jesus Christ, man. Ugh. They, they and he's dressed have, something. He's dressed right out of a YouTube music video. <laughs> it just straight out of a YouTube music video. Ugh. By the way, that scene where when they're skydiving in those like squirrel suits, 
That scene yeah. is way too long. It goes on for like <laughs> I feel like it goes on for like at least five minutes. It's also it does not make any sense either because they're they're like skydiving over Hong Kong and she's like laughing and like all excited and then she floats down on this like boat and afterwards is the most egregious scene where she just destroys this poor like Asian couple's television just rips it open and then steals this little girl's gum and uses it and then just fucking walks away like oh your TV's fucked and you have a gum on top of it yeah she created uh, conference calls though and, yeah, and they the, could just zoom. The family yeah. seemed excited about the whole thing. Like, oh yeah, thanks for breaking my TV and using it for like the stupidest thing ever. Um, <laughs> that made absolutely no sense. Great job, thanks a lot. Yeah, and in return, she gives them his shirt. They did. Yeah. Um, so all the kids yeah. in the audience could be. <laughs> I watched that on TV. <laughs> SpongeBob's awesome. Yeah, that was <laughs> stupid. stupid. But that whole part was kind of stupid because she's talking to the tech guy and they have this weird interchange after he decodes like the message on the the map and she's like, send me the file. And then they have like this stupid back and forth. And then she goes, you ever hear your voice on a tape recorder? It's just like that. Send me the file. Okay, first of all, it's going to be digital, whether she fucking sends you the file or it's playing yeah. over the TV anyway. So the tape recorder bullshit is completely stupid. Second of all, they send the file to her shitty fucking phone, flip phone from like the 1930s before they even had fucking cell phones. It's yeah. a piece of shit flip phone. And... And she plays it across, and it's like it's it's got beautiful sound. Like, <laughs> it's like the real fucking thing. Have you ever heard a fucking Nokia phone? It sounds like you're you're swimming underwater while you're talking yeah. with someone. It's it's a Nokia phone and a Panasonic camera. Go buy them. Oh god. It's two thousand three. Go head to Circuit City and pick up. The things you see in Lara Croft, uh, Tomb Raider, Cradle of Life. Product placement at its finest. You get a so. discount. There's so much product placement in this movie. There's like a cow. There's like Kawasaki. She's like she has like a Kawasaki water bottle at one point. Yeah, yep. and she the all Nokia, of the Panasonic. Her jackets SpongeBob. are like sh- straight out of bull, like some sort of like Louis Vuitton bullshit. Also, that audio file is transferred from knockoff director Krennic to Lara Croft in seconds just fucking seconds instantaneous there there is no way in 2003 i've downloaded mp3s before in 2003 and it took me 14 fucking hours sometimes to download a high quality mp3 she's in the middle of china with poor internet service (laughs) trying to do this it would take days to get a high quality mp3 like that downloaded to her fucking nokia phone and she didn't even touch the phone. Do you remember having a flip phone? When you received a file, you had to like hit about a thousand buttons to open the fucking file. Hit, hit yeah. this. Ooh, a menu pops up. Another menu pops up. Fucking hit open. Oh wait, hold on. I gotta hit four more buttons before the play. I play this file. Nope, she didn't do any yeah. of that. She just looked at the phone and it started playing. Like <laughs> she's got like some 
new fancy version of Alexa where you only have to look at it to to play the file. <laughs> it's just it's the unbelievable. Two thousand three. The thing about two thousand three technology, I feel like we knew it sucked then. We're like, this technology, it's getting better. We know it's going to get better in the future, but right now it just really sucks and nothing works. Did you ever feel yeah. that like internet was really slow? Like we had videos we could watch. Like it wasn't like in a pre-YouTube world, but everything was like really choppy. We're like, we know in five years we'd be able to see, you know, videos with better quality, but we have to deal with this choppy nonsense for now, this low quality, you know, low frame rate garbage to videos you watch on eBounds world. I think we knew it, but at the same time, we were so like excited by it that we didn't care. Like I, I remember downloading yeah. stuff with dial up and stuff. And it took about 10 years to download a song, but it it was exciting. I was like, oh, fuck, yeah, I got this song. <laughs> Only took yeah, me three but days, it took... but I got it. Exactly. The, the, At 2003, thing... American Online dial-up, dial it took me hours to download a fucking JPEG, not to mention an MP3. I tried to download like a Britney Spears not suitable for work picture on like <laughs> uh, my dial-up AOL computer, <laughs> and it took three hours to get me that shitty fake of Britney Spears. And I can't even imagine—I don't even remember what the goddamn MP3 was. It was days, days. I, there's no possible way. You, but like you knew back then, like in five years, I'll be able to download this in seconds. Yeah, it's definitely. weird because today, I feel like today we've just reached this like pinnacle of technology. I feel like it's not going to get much better than what we have now. Like, just, I don't know how and it could get more advanced than they like, said that in the nineties. And, <laughs> and then, but like video games, they're so advanced now. I don't know unless like you see characters in front of your face. Like video games now, like you could see every pore on a person's face. It's like Laura Croft like fourteen. More than that. Honestly, it's a little Laura too Cro much sometimes. It, even like Final Fantasy Thirteen, which came out ten years ago, that game looked insanely realistic. And even now, it's like it hasn't improved that much in ten years. No, no. You can see more but, pores on people's faces, more blades of grass, but yeah, we've so, reached our peak with technology. I think so too. I don't. Things. Yeah. I, Final Fantasy: The Spirits Within. We just watched that not too long ago. That seems like you know a previous generation console game it doesn't yeah. seem like up to modernized stuff um all the cgi in this movie though feels like it's straight from terminator 2 um it's real real bad and oh, so I think it's before I, terminator 2 terminator 2 <laughs> wasn't too bad actually like they, this, they no. rip off terminator 2 this, twice in this movie yeah this is exactly. more uh, mortal Kombat annihilation cgi <laughs> <laughs> i don't it's it's pretty bad it's pretty bad but i i mean yeah i don't i don't think I, I'm looking back on it now, like, obviously, technology was really bad, and this Laura Croft movie is, like, terrible with technology and doesn't understand and, like, overemphasizes technology, but Jesus Christ, I, I mean, I, I don't know when this movie was supposed to take place, I assumed 2003, maybe it's supposed to be later in the future, but there's still no possible way, even 2009, it would still take me about 10 minutes to download yeah. an MP3 that quick. Yeah, um, completely bullshit. Um, the I downloaded thing, the Metroid theme as my ringtone, and it took me 25 minutes to do that on my Nokia yeah, flip phone. I remember. 
<laughs> it took forever to get on there. Um, what was uh, it? Like something before Edge Network or E Network or whatever the hell that was. I don't even remember what the network was called back then. Negative G or something like neg- that. <laughs> negative G. <laughs> but yeah, like they overdid a lot of different things in this movie. Um, not only did they overdo like uh, the slow motion cinematic, they did that a lot. They also did, I don't know if you guys noticed, um, the fade, like, where where they show, um, uh, like, landmarks in the background kind of, like, faded, and then they fade to another um, <clears throat> frame, and that that's faded in the background. They did this at the end, where you could just sort of faintly see the scene before, but it hasn't actually gone off the screen yet. I fucking hate Oh, them. yeah, where it's like, they just use, like, archive footage and they kind of splice it in what's yes! going on. Uh, yeah. I fucking hate that. I don't know who oh. invented that piece of shit transition, but it sucks, and they use it a lot in this stupid film. Yeah. They, they show a lot of archive footage coming out of the Dragon Ball, by the way. She's like, a where lot. do I go? Africa. And they just show, like, elephants and yeah. stuff like that and things in Africa. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It looked like a commercial for like visiting for going on a safari or something like that. And also, and also when they show the elephants, I don't, this just annoys me when movies use like okay, the Wilhelm screen is always funny. I always love when they use that, but they use yeah. like that stock like elephant sound effect you hear in Dumbo, like that. Yeah, yeah. It's like, can't you just get an elephant sound that's not you know from some stock sound effect soundboard? <laughs> And I do that with like I notice. You ever notice anything with a truck? They always use eh, eh, yeah. Eh. <laughs> yeah, I hate any time they use stock stuff. The Wilhelm scream, like you said, is the only okay use. There's the other scream. I forget what that one's called. There's that one's okay too. But the Howie, the Howie scream. Yeah. The, the the Avril monster scream, yeah, <laughs> or the goofy scream that we we heard in one oh, of the yeah. movies. <laughs> I'm cool with that. Yeah. Doesn't she <laughs> that, that that's okay to use too. I enjoy that. But anything else, no. Also, What's that the cat that's... scream. That's another one. <laughs> yeah, the cry. The... <laughs> oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) there's also that that stupid scene they they jump to africa they show this africa scene but when they get to like the mystical place in africa what what sort of animal do you want to use in order to signify mystical africa I don't know. Let's look at all of the different movies that signify mystical Africa. Oh, I know. Let's just use a bunch of shots of fucking Rafiki, and then that'll be oh, mystical yeah. Africa. Yeah. So many mandrills. Why? <laughs> so many Rafiki shots. It's, it's, like, it's just like Rafiki everywhere. That's true. I know. <laughs> all of it is just like Rafiki. Oh, this is a, a mystical African place. Rafiki. <laughs> <laughs> Rafiki again. <laughs> Rafiki one more time. Get it through your head. It's a special magical African place. Rafiki. Oh. I thought the Rafikis were gonna like attack Lara and the uh the and the gang, but 
they didn't. They just run away like a bunch of pussies, and then I mean, I, I thought guess they were gonna rightfully so. And there's giant monsters that just come yeah. out of the walls. Giant fucking lickers from Resident Evil Two are just <laughs> out there somewhere. They do look like and that, yeah. It makes oh my gosh. I thought the Rafikis were going to guide Laura at one point because they kept pointing to like, Rafiki's going to be here and then gone and Rafiki's back. Oh, so, so, so dumb. I don't, I don't know if we mentioned Simba. this. <laughs> I don't know if we mentioned this earlier, but what is the bad guy trying to do with the, uh, with the box? I don't know. I don't know. I asked that <laughs> I in the beginning. He just wants it so he could sell it or whatever. He's is that what get it the is? Box. Either He's that gonna... or he thinks it'll give him power. I, I wasn't paying attention to Cause, well, what was going on. Th- well, they, they said something about if you open the box, you'll discover what the origin of life is because it's the cradle of life. And you'll find no. out what the origin of life is. But he seems like he wants to know what the origin of life is. But that isn't no. what he wants. No. The 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 goddamn thing that Laura Croft says is for every yin there is a yang. For every yin there is a yang. And so life create was created from this box, but there's also death in this box, and so what he's going to get, you know, um like the the, the fat uh, game of thrones dude it what he's gonna get is this like box that has anti-life in it and from my understanding of the movie which apps makes no apps no fucking sense he's ransoming off like a, he wants one percent of jeff bezos wealth in order to have this box of anti-life that he's gonna give to one of those people and then and like that's it it doesn't make any sense to me. He's going to give that box to somebody. They're going to open it and everybody's going to die. And he's going to have like, he's going to have like $800 million and that's it. Um, he's going to be dead. Yeah. That's pretty much it. It doesn't make any sense. In fact, throughout all of this, I don't understand how he's going to get this box back, what he's going to do with it, how he's going to open it. How he's going to keep it so that it doesn't like jostle open on an airplane because Laura Croft like grabs it and gently moves it. And there's no like latching mechanism for this. It's just like, no. a, you know, an, a, another Amazon box that's flopping in the wind. <laughs> um, I, it, it makes no sense. So I don't know what he's going to do with it. It's my big like sticking point of this movie is I have no idea what the main villain's motivation is. Yeah, I have no idea. I I don't like it made more sense with the Ebola wine there like I understood sort of what he could do with that because they all had the anti-serum so they could actually cure that but then they just want something that's even more deadly than the Ebola virus but something that they don't have a cure for and they just want to die from it like (laughs) I I just I, I don't understand what the what the motivation there is that that is one of the biggest problems with actually both these movies is what is the drive of the villain in the other one i could sort of see it It seem like you want to control time or something but in this one there's absolutely nothing 
They don't. I wish they would have given exposition for that instead of telling me what the fuck Pandora's box was because I already know what the fuck Pandora's box is. I don't know what the fuck villain wants, so tell me that. Yeah, no idea. Oh, so, so his death reminds me a lot of Terminator Two with uh, the T one thousand being melted in the uh, in the lava. Yeah, it was very similar to that. Him and he's like gets thrown in it and then like five minutes later he pops up and <laughs> he's like a zombified version of himself he took him you just see a thumb you, you just see a thumbs up <laughs> that would have been that would have been cool a middle finger <laughs> i would have loved some, you, like in a movie that's this ridiculous why couldn't they do any of these like stupid cheesy jokes they didn't it, it so many yeah, missed opportunities no. The only joke, like I said, is the the scene with the little kid in the elevator. Like, yeah. It's like the only really attempt. That's like the only attempt at humor in this movie. Yeah, I've... like everything Laura says, like is just macho tough guy jargon. It's just not funny. Yeah, that's you're supposed to think it's cool. Yeah, I was trying to figure and... out like why I was so okay with Resident Evil being so serious because. Most of Resident Evil was very, very serious, and there weren't too many jokes in Resident Evil, and I liked that movie. And But in this movie, it's also very serious, and there's no jokes, but there is no... there's Resident Evil has a tone of, this is a very serious situation, and we're trying to escape, otherwise we'll die. Tomb Raider has this like levity to it, where it's supposed to be like a fun action-adventure romp, yeah. and there's no hilarious jokes throughout any of this. And there's like nothing you can't maybe gerard butler says a joke but you can't fucking understand a word that he's saying in this anyway so i don't get what if he does say something it's missed on me now would that make me first you are forgetting about the amazing joke at the end that they have the the gay joke oh yeah oh yeah oh Oh, my god that was What's what's his name Locke and uh, Stephanie, whatever the hell his name is, Butler. (laughs) (laughs) Stephanie Tanner. It's definitely Stephanie Tanner. Hillary, Hillary. (laughs) They, uh, they're getting like their hair done. (laughs) 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 Director Krennic and Stephanie. <laughs> yeah, so, so they're getting their hair done or whatever by the uh the, the tribes the people in that tribe. The uh the group of African uh tribesmen that went along with Laura who also got killed because yeah. of her. Yep. Yep. Yeah, so they're getting their hair done by the people who didn't die. But then it's revealed that it's for them to get married. <laughs> And they're like, no way, that's gay. And they run away. Because the thought of two men being together is so despicable and gross. Ew. And it makes... Yeah, it makes no sense to me at the end because they're like... uh, Suddenly, like, knockoff director Krennic has long braided hair out of nowhere. I don't know where the long... (laughs) Where did the hair they come from? They have extensions there? <laughs> yeah, and then Stephanie Tanner also is just, like, <laughs> getting all, like, de- dressed up on, in her, on his face. And they're, like, 
wouldn't Hillary know a little bit of like the culture that he's going to? That guy seems learned. Like I don't understand what's going on. Um, I can understand knockoff director Krennic who like eats Cheetos and flies paper airplanes all over the place. Um, <laughs> him not knowing what the fuck's going on, but it seems like Stephanie Tanner would know. So I don't get it. Like <laughs> that, that attempt at humor. It, it was like written by like a seventh grade boy. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I, I, like, wouldn't that be gay if they dress <laughs> one of them like a lady with long braids? I, I, but they don't know about it because they're stupid. I, I feel and there's like no comment. Yeah. I feel like there was actually a lot of attempts at comedy in this movie, but they just were so bad attempts. Like they they just didn't hit. So that's why it seemed like there was no comedy and that it was super serious. But there was definitely a lot of things where I think they thought you would laugh at it. Um, Especially a ton of the things that uh, Laura Croft says. I I think that a lot of her macho talking was supposed to be funny for somebody. I don't know who. Yeah. But somebody must have. One person in the theater might have been laughing their ass off at those jokes. (laughs) And they are probably the worst person ever. (laughs) Yeah, Laura's like me. Macho. Yeah, Laura. There's so much macho, man. Like, Gerard Butler, there's like a scene when he's talking to... uh, Paul, what do you call him? What's the guy from from Rogue One? Oh, knockoff director Krennic. Yeah. Thank you. He's talking to that guy... Oh, by the way, they have this weirdly weird, like, blue filter in that scene for some yeah, reason. Yeah, what it's the really fuck is that? I thought something was wrong with my television. <laughs> but, yeah, so oh. he's talking to um, Locke, and it's Locke, the uh, director, uh, the whatever Knock his name off is director Star Kenick. Wars. Krennic? Krennic. Yeah. Krennic. <laughs> you stand up I'm just going to call him Locke. <laughs> so, so Locke, because he's a nerd, he plays video games. And since we're in 2003, video games are for nerds. And in order to be cool and accepted, you have to be into motorcycling and extreme stuff like they like the things they do in Mountain Dew commercials. So Gerard Butler's like, oh, video games, huh? You think you could do this because you play a video game? Oh, that's just so unmacho. Which you can just tell like the condescending tone that he's using. Which I think it's the dumbest fucking thing to put in a video game movie. I don't under why, like. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even really think about that. <laughs> it's you're insulting your your fan base. Yeah. You're, yeah. Anybody watching this dumbass fucking movie probably is playing Tomb Raider at one point. So they're pretty much saying, "You fucking assholes who are watching this movie, we know it sucks, and you you shouldn't even be playing video games because you suck." <laughs> I but, but loser. <laughs> they be doing lost. extreme stuff, outdoor stuff, like. <laughs> Descending from ropes and motorcycling on the Great Wall of China and squirrel hang, hang gliding and uh, shooting targets on a horse and uh, what other shit do they do in this film? Reenact Dan- the they scene from so Jurassic Park too. Extreme stuff in this film. It's <laughs> dance to shitty music. <laughs> and by the way, they uh, he was talking. So I, Locke wanted to. Uh, I guess he had to fly a plane. They needed someone to fly a plane, and he. He thought he'd be able to fly a plane because he's played flying video games. Yeah, simulators, yeah. 
But he said he had like three hours of actual helicopter experience or something. But I don't I, know. It was so stupid. That was supposed to be a joke to me, too. And that was yeah. awful. To me, three hours yeah, of like... The attempted humors I just forget about because they're so bad. Yeah. The, uh, the yeah. other a big attempt at humor was uh, picking on her accent of Swahili. I don't... Yeah. I don't speak Swahili. I don't know what the fuck this joke... Who's the joke for? Someone who speaks Swahili or something? Ha-ha! Yes. <laughs> her... from Guardians. Her accent... You have her, a her, accent. Her, her Swahili accent is so bad. Oh, my God. Hilarious. Is that, like, her one flaw that she kind of has... She speaks Swahili, but she just speaks it with a funny accent. That's, like, her only flaw that she has. It doesn't... But even if that's a flaw... She's still speaking fucking Swahili. Like, if she has, like, a bad accent with Swahili, she's still speaking fucking fluent Swahili. It, okay. And, and she's got a translator, for one. So she must not really understand it that well or know how to speak it that well. And anyone, like, I know a few Spanish words, but my... Me knowing like two Spanish words is not going to make my accent any good. So, <laughs> like, she said one fucking Swahili word. Yeah, her accent's going to be fucking atrocious. Atrocious. She doesn't know fucking Swahili. It's so. I don't yeah. understand the throwaway joke. It made no sense. The only. Well, I do know the reason they put that in there was because moments later, like 30 seconds later, the guy chucks a spear at someone kills the guy but then he dies and then there's this dramatic like zoom in on his face and she's like no that guy who just told that random joke is dead no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like the art lean uh, emotion right there yeah uh, no <laughs> like, all these guys die because of her well, well and and here's the thing so many people die because of her in this movie this is the one guy she like pours her heart for out for the Greek people. She's like fuck them, dead. Mm-hmm. We'll kill them. If she she might as well have killed them. And at the end of the movie, spoiler alert, everybody, Gerard Butler dies, and she cries, and he like says something that I can't fucking understand when he <laughs> says it to her. I don't know what the fuck he says. Now would that make me first? And she cries over it. And I'm thinking, like, this guy sucks, and she's, like, crying the whole time over him. The one person where she shouldn't be crying over, she cries. Makes no sense. And he turned on her at the end. Yeah. Like, why is she So let's talk about that. Yeah. So they get to this, like, mystical Rafiki place. They fight all these liquors that are, like, disappearing in and out of trees. She puts the dragon ball in the dragon anus, and it blows up the whole (laughs) tree festival. And then they, like, descend into the M.C. Escher tube um, that's straight out of Mortal Kombat Annihilation. So that's where all the tubes (laughs) come from. Um, And then she's walking upside down with um, fat Game of Thrones guy and Gerard Marble Mouth. And then that's it. This is the whole end of the movie. It makes absolutely no sense. Well, I don't understand why he turns on her either. Yeah, because like, he wants he to just take saved, the... He saved her fucking life first, and then he's like, nah, I'm going to turn on you. All right, why yeah. didn't you just let the villain kill her? 
and then kill the villain like you were going to do anyway. You, you threaten the killer anyways because you want the box for some fucking stupid reason just because you want money. What? Yeah. What is he going to do with the box? So they're at, they're all in this MC Escher Mortal Kombat Annihilation tube and they end up like fighting one another and uh, Laura Croft pushes fat Game of Thrones guy into the acid <laughs> and he burns to death alive and then you know Gerard Marblemouth walks over and tries to like take the box with his gun that he like disintegrates and uses like a a pole and pulls the box over and they're gonna leave and Gerard Butler's like we're gonna take the box and or I assume he says that because I don't understand a fucking thing that he's saying (laughs) now would that make me first then Laura Croft is like we can't do it we're gonna save the world and then he mumbles something and then she shoots him and then she cries a bunch. So that's the end of the thing. Yeah, it was... She's probably just crying because he had, like, her Netflix password or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, the... I really hated the ending, though. This, despite the awful frickin' uh, gay joke, that was bad enough. But her going back and giving all that shit to those guys it felt way too much like indiana jones like i said in the temple of doom and i fucking hated that they tried to draw a parallel to that movie i i i hated it because laura croft is nothing like that character at all so uh it's annoying also there's one scene they they had an opportunity for one really cool scene so when she's fighting mance raider uh, in by the uh, pool of acid, her hair, there's her hair, kind of like is dangling in the acid where it starts to sizzle a little bit. I thought it would have been really cool if she just whipped her hair and hit Mance Raider in the uh, face. I thought that's where where they were going, and I thought it would have been really that cool. would have been cool. But no, she gives him some, she gives him like a lame karate kick, and that's it. Yeah, that's a missed opportunity. That would have been real cool if she just used her hair to slap him with some acid. You yeah, it would have been. It would have been great just to see any sort of, like, fun fight scene in that M.C. Escher place, but they just don't do anything. Um, They, like, walk around. And honestly, she's so strong and so fucking badass and flips around all over the place. And fat Game of Thrones guy has his way with her in that battle. Just, like, beats her the fuck up. And I don't know how that happens. She, like... Pulls off the Jurassic Park 2 move. I keep bringing that up because if no one's seen Jurassic Park 2, there's a, like Jeff Goldblum's stepdaughter or Gymnastics. daughter. I don't know who it is. She does all this. This gymnast- is his daughter. Is it his daughter? She does all this gymnastics yeah. work in this like like place to avoid a velociraptor. And she's a trained gymnast in that. And so that's like the big thing. And then in this... Laura Croft does something twice as hard and then gets beat up by fat Game of Thrones dude. So I don't get it. <laughs> yes, it, it it makes absolutely no sense, especially how badass she is throughout the entire movie. Punches a fucking shark but can't beat this meaty guy who just, he looks like a fucking wuss. <laughs> He really he's not, does. He's, he doesn't. He's not like jacked or anything. He's just like some freaking. 
like you said he's like a, just a fat guy <laughs> it's really he's like has he has like a very long bulbous neck um so he looks like a toad and so he and he walks funny too he walks like he has a back problem throughout most of the movie so he's just like a fat game of thrones guy and fights successfully angelina jolie where no one else successfully angelina jolie fought the asian guy where she like pierced his armpits she fights that guy really intensely and almost kills him but doesn't and he doesn't put up any sort of fight and then she shoots him at the end but he he's like a pushover compared to fat game of thrones guy it (laughs) makes no sense overtakes her in like two seconds too like, cause, he because really he has no ability to fight in real life, likely. He has no <laughs> no fighting Pretty much. at all. He just we talk instantly about when, takes over. What? Should we talk about when Gerard Butler gets beaten up by an even fatter guy? Oh, in the yeah. Film? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I guess he slept with her sister or something like that? Well, yeah. What happened? He says something like, so one of the guys says, like, you, you, like... You screwed over my sister. Yeah. Or you screwed over his sister. He points at like this big fat guy. Well, and that scene in particular was really stupid because Laura Croft shouts at one point. She's like, go ahead or something to him. And then he starts kicking their asses. Instead of just yeah. kicking their – the guy's kicking your fucking ass. You couldn't fight him? Like you couldn't fight back until <laughs> Laura Croft tells you, oh, yeah, fight back. And then you're some fucking badass. Uh, just stupid. You know what I was thinking in that scene? There was plenty of room. Just run away from the guy. He's not going to catch up no, to you. No, he's just a right. fat dude. He's a fucking sumo wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> He'll chase yeah. after you and then just have a heart yeah. attack. <laughs> it was so many things wrong with this movie so many things that just make no sense at all i don't know if there's many redeeming qualities about this movie other than maybe uh the elevator scene that you mentioned is there anything else that you guys enjoyed about this movie Uh, just the image of her punching a shark i I hate it I liked the falcon punch. I thought it was pretty good. She like falcon punches the shark right in the nose, and then that was it. Or I think See, that was I fine. The first movie was lacking. Like the first movie didn't even have any ridiculous scenes. Yeah, that's like that. true. The first movie was just so boring. Like that's I... what this movie is slightly, slightly better than the first. Yeah, that's like saying getting kicked in the balls with one leg is is not as bad as getting kicked in the balls with two legs. They did need more ridiculous scenes like that because uh, that was very over the top. And they, them starting off with that made you believe that there was going to be more over the top shit. But there really wasn't. And that would have been good to see. Then I would have probably enjoyed this movie more. Even though the, mm-hmm. I didn't like the, that scene because it was so out of place with the rest of the movie. Her punching a shark was just so fucking over the top. And so that was a joke in and of itself her punching the shark but they didn't do anything like that later on which was disappointing i i should have punched one of those monsters that would have been cool her just punching in the nose a little bit of a callback nice i i think i think probably the worst the worst part of this movie was the fact that they cast gerard butler in this role 
I'm I'm a hundred percent serious. I could not understand him most of this fucking movie. I had no idea what the fuck he was saying. Now would that make me Faust? When he was talking, I it just felt like it was <laughs> like he wasn't serious. I the there was no real chemistry. At times there was chemistry between him and Angelina Jolie, but most of the time the chemistry was lost on me because. I couldn't fucking understand what they were flirting over. And she's a, a stiff board throughout most of this. So it doesn't make any sense. She's not a great conversation partner. So the whole movie was lost on me between the two of them. And I'll have to go back and like actually listen to what Gerard Butler says. And would that make me first? Because I have no fucking clue. The one redeeming part for me was I really liked the mall scene. And I, I liked it because it was so fucking stupid. Like, if they made more of this movie like that, where they just threw Laura Croft in random places and, like, she's fighting in a mall. She's fighting in, like, a, you know, a, a, a amusement a park. She's fighting. <laughs> yeah, she's fighting in, like, you know, a Walmart. She's fighting in, <laughs> you know... <laughs> Uh, uh, like any place if she was fighting in these random places i thought that would be great she's fighting but i on really top did of like McDonald's. Uh, yeah exactly <laughs> she's at a burger king fighting taco bell um you needed more product that, placement like that i would have enjoyed it <laughs> perfectly fine as long that whole fight scene was actually pretty funny and pretty crazy and we haven't even talked about the german villain who is like fat game of thrones guys right hand man who was just i loved to hate him throughout this whole movie he was terrible he fucking sucked <laughs> and i loved to hate him the whole movie he's super forgettable and that I one scene him. especially yeah that one scene especially I don't even where... know which character you're yeah, talking I about have no idea. so there's a character I, there who... were like a bunch of just generic bad guys yeah, yeah. i don't remember any of them Besides the guy who has the family. <laughs> yeah, he's the yeah. dude who, um, um, his name is like Tillman Schwanger or something like that. But he's like a, a blonde German. Yeah, he's a blonde German actor. And you'll once you see him, you'll be like, oh, that guy. But the one scene in particular that I really liked him in was when Gerard Butler and Laura Croft are like going to jump off of and do their little squirrel suit thing. The guy's like, you go after him. And all the other guys are like, no way. And he was like, follow them, follow them. And he can't follow him. He's like, oh, wow. And then he just leaves. So stupid. But that guy was actually pretty fun. I kind of liked him. I just picture Ivan Drogo with the, the description <laughs> you gave. <laughs> Blonde guy. And then you did like this motion. Paul did a motion with his hands upward. Like he's got like some flat top. Oh yeah, yeah. That that that's definitely a German man. I could. That's the dude, face. though. Yeah, that's the dude. He's he looks like like one of my uncles. Yeah, <laughs> he's fat. He's fat Game of Thrones guys, um, right hand man. Yeah, he looks like a mix between um, Luke Perry and John Kreese from Karate Kid. <laughs> I think he looks like a lot Martin, like Martin Kyle. Cove. Yeah, he looks a lot like Ivan Drago like had a baby with kyle reese and then this is what we have <laughs> yeah he was very forgettable i, I do not remember him yeah tillman valentin schweiger <laughs> also i i i do want to point out too i don't like knockoff game of thrones guy knockoff uh director krennic 
in this movie at all, but they sorely under, underutilized his character. He was just decrypting a giant ball throughout most, decrypting the Dragon Ball throughout most of this film. And he does absolutely nothing of importance other than decrypt this film, this ball, send it over. And then every scene that they show him, he's like flying an air, uh, a helicopter. He's like trying helicopter. to fly a helicopter. It, he is a useless fucking character in this movie. They just had to bring back. They had to bring those two guys back because the the audience loved them. The uh, were they even like comic relief in the first film? Yeah, I mean, they, they were did. definitely the comic relief in this film. They were and comic we were, relief in the other one too. We were the audience. Though. It's hard did to we it's like hard them? to tell when you don't laugh. We yeah, did. they they weren't they weren't funny. Um, no. in the first one, but they definitely had some comic reliefiness to them. Um. I de- you definitely felt like they were supposed to be the comic relief. And yeah. the tech guy was picked on a lot for being like a, a wuss, <laughs> not a yeah. manly man in the first one. So, uh, and I feel like they did that in, in this one too. And I, I think they do that even with the butler. Like they just make both of them look like wusses. <laughs> yes. And Very I think much that's so. supposed to be the joke. But yeah, they they weren't exciting at all. They didn't even need to be in the movie. They weren't funny. Yeah. Oh, one of you guys mentioned, uh, I remember before this, that Angelina Jolie was like April Ludgate. Oh my God. She fucking is. This whole movie. (laughs) It's the whole script. They just decided to like... Aubrey Plaza would have been perfect as Laura Croft throughout this whole movie <laughs> because her lines are so bland and fucking boring and they're monotone the whole time. The beginning of this movie in particular, she says very few things and they're very much like this and they don't have any sort of intonation or fun to them. And she's um, especially the part where the MI6 are here and they're like, Laura, you have gifts. And he's like, guests aren't allowed or they don't use the front door or they don't they don't fly in on helicopters or something like that she has no intonation throughout all of this she just reminds me laura croft as april ludgate from parks and recreation fucking terrible you know now i'm wondering if that accent joke later on was to pick on her british accent being so fucking monotone maybe that's why they make that joke you're giving the writers of this movie far too much credit <laughs> because there's no possible way that they thought that deeply. I, no, Stephen D'Souza, true. Stephen D'Souza did Street Fighter, and I liked Street Fighter is the second best movie we've seen of this whole group, and this might be the he now bookends the second highest and the second lowest of video game movies. It's fucking terrible. Ugh. Ugh. So glad that this is the last Laura Croft, right? Right? Um, or is there another yep. one? This is the last one with her. Then there's that one that came out a few years ago. Yeah, but I heard that's okay. So I don't mind yeah. that one. Yeah, so we never have to... This this series is done with... We did our time, like the like what the corn song said. <laughs> Thank God. And Do this... you guys remember that song? I know I'm going back to it, but... I just remember hearing that song on the radio... In like the summer of 2003, I'm like, this is the worst song I've ever heard in my life. I w- yeah, I'll have to listen to it again just to remember it. It didn't get much 
radio play after is I don't think anyone liked that song. The song is terrible. No one liked that song. You're a hundred percent right. It's a terrible song. <laughs> I remember it very much so, and it's a terrible song. Paul loved it. He listened to it all the time. <laughs> we'll play you out with it. Good. So anything else you guys want to talk about with this spectacular piece of shit? This film was banned in China. Oh. Well, that sort of makes sense with all the, like, stuff that they did to Chinese artifacts. I mean, she Mm -hmm. freaking destroyed the terracotta army, so it sort of makes sense. Uh, Disgracing the Great Wall. Yep, totally disgracing the Great Wall. Didn't need to do that. Yeah, makes sense why it was banned in China. It should have been banned in America. Yeah, exactly. I was just going to say. I'm surprised it wasn't banned everywhere else. Other than America. Yeah, I mean. Such a bad movie. Also, I don't know if you remember the first movie where she. I still. I would love to go back if we want to do this, the three of us, to go back and pick on or point out some of the worst fucking crimes that she's done throughout these past two movies. Because. (laughs) She not only, like, murders multiple people, but she also has millions of dollars of damaged property. But she destroys priceless artifacts. And then, in the first movie, she, like, had MI6 drop her down in a fucking Hummer in the middle of Cambodia. And then she runs over so many, like, places in Cambodia with this giant fucking Hummer. In this, she's driving on the great wall of china with a motorcycle destroys multiple points of the great wall of china definitely and then goes over all of these priceless artifacts and destroys these terracotta things we could we could probably put together this woman has cost the world probably close to a billion dollars in property damage and should be in jail for the rest of her life the the villain in this movie would not have enough money to pay for that after we found the villain. Of... <laughs> this is this is the this is the first movie where it's named after the villain. Laura Croft, Tomb Raider, put her in jail. Lock her up. Hashtag. She killed. <laughs> Lock her up. I think she killed more people than the villain did in this movie. A hundred percent. I I agree with you. Oh, she definitely did. She totally. And not did. like not like in an ironic ironic Arnold Schwarzenegger sort of way. Like she was just like like stupidly killing people for like she could have prevented all of their deaths yeah just because she was reckless yeah she didn't give a fuck even those two greek guys in the beginning like yes they got their throat slit by those the bad guys but even if those guys weren't there they would have had the uh that palace collapse on them yeah she was too busy fucking around with the dragon ball yeah let's go laura we're gonna die no 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 the dragon ball is more important I'll get out alive because I'm a superhuman, but you guys will probably die. If she had never gotten the Dragon Ball, then she wouldn't have had to prevent the freaking villain from getting the damn Pandora's box to begin with. Like, what was her... Why did she want this Dragon Ball anyway? Why did she want to find the Pandora's box? I, I, I don't understand her motivation either. Like, if she left it there and never allowed anyone to get to it, then... Pandora's box, box never would have been found. She caused her whole fucking issue. So yeah. stupid. 
I, I, she probably, I, I don't know. Uh, I'm not, I don't know. She, it doesn't make any sense to me. I have no idea what the fuck she's trying to do here. She is not a good hero. She's not a good anti-hero. She's not a good villain. She's just not a good character. Yeah, and you know, Angelina Jolie did most of her own stunts for these movies. And that's I think good. I think that's probably why she, you know, probably why she was so happy and did another one. Because, man, these are some pretty fucking crazy stunts. But, man. Yeah, that that is pretty impressive. That's the one thing I'll hand it to her. She... Her doing all her stunts, that's that's impressive. Anything else for this atrocity? <laughs> no. So that does it for this episode of Reset and Rewind, Laura Croft Tomb Raider, Cradle of Life, from the great year of 2003. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram, and we also have an email at resetandrewindpodcast at gmail.com. Our next episode is House of the Dead from the same year. Oof. Mm that's pretty bad but i'm actually kind of excited for that one that's just based on the arcade game right uh At the time. i don't know there was a computer game but uh, yeah i think it's mostly an arcade game or known as an arcade game house of the dead and house of the dead 2 yeah i think there's a house of the we'll, dead 3 too we'll get to it when played... we get there no we're gonna talk about it now <laughs> <laughs> We're doing. We have to watch the movie. Uh, did you watch it, Paul? We, Kevin and I, both watched House of the Dead. We did. We're, we're actually transitioning up right next to that. <laughs> uh, I'm kidding. I did not watch it. No, neither uh, did I. I saw one scene. Yeah. that was pretty good. House of the Dead. Is Chris Kattan in that movie? I, you I don't know. know. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna check right now. Uh, what, what's his name's brother? Uh, the director there. Um, I, I keep forgetting people's names. Huey Bull. No, no, not no, not him. I know he's the director of the movie, but the guy who directed How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Ron Howard. Ron Howard's brothers in this, I believe. Pretty sure. And so is Jurgen Brocknow. Who the hell's Jurgen Brocknow? Oh, you'll know exactly who he is when you see him. Jurgen Brocknow, oh. the guy from Das Boot. He was also in fucking um dune and he was in wing commander that guy oh oh it's that yeah oh. he's oh, in it too ken shamraden yeah Cam ken shamraden yep <laughs> and that's that's what's coming up next folks um yep so be excited for probably another terrible movie but this one i'm, I'm guessing is going to be a little bit more fun Hopefully, I can understand I'll everybody look up which in this movie, movie. I was thinking about with Chris Kattan. Yeah, I guess if he wasn't in House of the Dead, some other film. Well, thanks for listening, and uh, I'll see you guys later. I did my time. <laughs>